Hello and you're very welcome back to another Ladwise.ie Let's Get Talking, Let's Get Cheering podcast episode. Things are starting to open up, restrictions are starting to ease and there's a lot to look forward to. Hope you're looking forward to listening in to this podcast episode. And Today's guest on the podcast is a very inspiring individual, Taylor James, so I'd like to just give him a chance to introduce himself. Um, yeah, um, my name's Taylor, I'm from the UK. Um, I always hate this question because I never know how to... <laughs> answer it mm. um but yeah i'm a fellow fellow podcast host um called the waffle shop podcast and yeah this whole kind of pandemic journey and stuff like that has been the biggest blessing in disguise and now i'm kind of like on a mission to find other like like-minded people and you know seeing what like how they manage like their mental health and coping mechanisms and kind of like what gives them drive because I mean as much as I find like therapy and stuff like that really important having these kind of conversations have had the biggest positive impact on my mental and even my physical health it has been it's been a shit year um for a lot of people and it's been difficult I wouldn't try and suggest any otherwise but I suppose it's maybe been a chance to reset and have a chance to rethink and reevaluate um what it is that you want from life and what's important in life as well um but I think um in terms of your own story and and your own journey you I think we chatted we ch- we've chatted a few times but we were chatting last week yeah. on an Instagram live with yourself um and you were saying that it's been somewhat of a, a good year for you and it's been a positive uh, for yourself Definitely. And I think even this week with the kind of lockdown easing off a little bit, like I went to the pub for the first time and even being back in that kind of environment, don't get me wrong, it was so good to be out and about and kind of, you know, seeing some kind of normality. But I was having this kind of conversations with people and I'm just like, it's quite intimidating how much I have grown and how much I have learned about myself because certain things that would normally kind of wind me up or I wouldn't agree with or this, that and the other, it's like, wow, yeah, you needed this pandemic to really process a lot of, you know, trauma and, you know, really kind of find what makes me happy. And it, yeah, it was quite, it was quite, it was like an out of body experience going for a pint. It's yeah really weird. <laughs> getting all deep and um <laughs> was this was this was this before uh having like a couple of points this was, was this, half was this a like, peroni half uh, a peroni and the half a peroni and this is what was coming out <laughs> well i think well that's a it's a good way to start it off and um i think this pandemic has probably um, highlighted for people what their hobbies and passions and things that they're interested in are and maybe people have found out that they they, they don't really have many um and that's something that i i suppose i found i found like so I, look i wasn't planning on discussing this but we flicking through tinder or bumble or wherever the date and yeah. actually be chatting to them and you're saying so like tell me what you're passionate about and it, i was i was so surprised by and that's just look it's a bit of a strange question to be asking like who the fuck do I think? <laughs> <laughs> no but it's good though it's, I, th- I think it's a really good question but, it makes um, people think yeah, so they so it'd be like, well, I don't really know, and I like, I like going out with my friends, and of course, everyone likes going out with their mates and having fun and having a laugh. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was kind of, I was quietly, or was, I was pretty shocked by like the fact that they didn't know what um it was they're passionate about. Yeah, with regards to the you know the introduction question as well, it, it is, it's kind of one of them ones where you're like, oh, fuck, like, what do yeah, I, what, what do I, I say? But because I think sometimes it's actually the case that. There is so much to say that you, you you can't choose any one thing. But also, I find as though when you ask that question, it's so, so common that people will say like, OK, well, my name's Nathan. I'm 24. I'm, I work in IT. And it's 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 kind of an interesting one where people will go to the job description as, yeah. as a default. And I think it's <laughs> a, one of the things is like you're so, so much more than your job. And it, it kind of does tie in with regards to, well, mental health and stuff and mental health is a really big discussion point on this podcast and I one of the kind of the ethos of it would be to um empower people to make a positive change today yeah. for a better tomorrow and 
a lot of small changes can add up. We we had this discussion before. I'm a walk and talk and cliche quote. Um, <laughs> Fortune I've cookie. Thought of a um, I've thought of a drinking game for people. Now look, I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage safe drinking. Visit drinkaware.ie or drinkaware.uk or whatever it is. But um, anytime that there is a cliche quote said on the podcast, you have to take a drink. I say everyone be locked afterwards. <laughs> gonna say this is gonna be a very short interview if that's the case <laughs> yeah um but you with regards to the mental health piece it's something that i talk about a lot and it's re- one of the big reasons why i wanted to get you on to well firstly understand why you set up the podcast and kind of what you what you chat about as well and also to hear your story because um it's a really really interesting one and i think it's kind of part of the reason why you wanted to set up your podcast in the first place as well is that right Definitely. Um, And I think it is, again, just like having these kind of conversations, especially from a mental health point of view, like lads don't do that. Like, don't get me wrong, there's kind of the barriers and coming down, like the walls are coming down and the stigma is kind of, you know, slowly moving in the right direction. But I'd never had this kind of conversation with my mates. So the fact that I'm now having these kind of conversations with people that I've never met, I mean, you're in a different country, Mm. like, and it's, it's so powerful how open these conversations and how just how far they are, like they're traveling. But to kind of go back a little bit to, as to why, um, I nearly lost my mom to an operation that went wrong. Um, basically, she, she just had a slip disc. She went in to have it operated on. She came out of hospital and what was happening is that I thought she was overdosing like on her medication because she was on like morphine pain, what they would describe now as like a lethal cocktail. So that that's what I thought happened. I took a couple of days off work to kind of, kind of really monitor how things were going. And it got to a stage where I was like, something's just not adding up something. It can't be this bad. So we got her to hospital and what was actually happening was the spinal fluid was leaking mm. and where it kind of collected at the bottom of her spine, it become infected. Um, which then obviously anyone with an infection will tell you, like you get like a little bit drowsy, delirious, you know, at one point she didn't even know who we were. So then I had, um, which in itself is quite traumatic because, you know, that that's like, I'm from a, like a single parent family. Like I'm, you know, that that's all I've ever known kind of thing. Um, but yeah, came home from the hospital because my sister, my little sister was actually starting a GCSEs the, the day after. So it was all really well-timed. So yeah. you know, it wouldn't just be like a straight, oh, let's run a little trip to hospital. Um, so yeah, I literally got my sister up the following day, sent her off to do her first exam. And then I got a phone call to say, um, Taylor, you need to get to the hospital. We need to make a decision in regards to your mom's brain. So when someone says that, I just immediately thought, no, they've got that wrong. It's a back. That's actually the issue. Mm -hmm. But when I actually got to the hospital, it was like, it was, uh, yeah. I can only describe it as walking onto the set of like a medical drama or something like that because they were like people were running around like we were talking to this little tiny room and they were like the spinal fluid has traveled up it's caused a blockage um the brain has dropped down you know they were saying things like you know brain damage brain dead like life support machines and you just like it's a lot it's a lot to take in and yeah like i'm still eating like my cocoa pops i'm like what what are you talking about what age would you have been at that stage as well because obviously like a young Um, adult is a lot to take in yeah i was i was 20 27 i was Mm. at the time it's it's a lot to take in and especially considering like it's your mum, it's someone who you've grown up with all your life and now you're you're worrying and wondering well what what's going to happen and what will go wrong and even for for yourself to be in the position where you have to kind of make decisions based on what next steps might happen and and but that's you know what it's actually I think you're the first person who's actually ever kind of said that back to me in terms of you know making those decisions about the next step because I I feel like everyone's had this kind of conversation whether they've watched something on tv and like oh you know if I'm ever in that situation you know turn the life support machine off like we've all kind of said it at some point Mm -hmm. like oh you know I, I, I wouldn't want to live my life like that but when you're faced with that actual question and you know I'm my mom's next of kin 
and them saying to me like this isn't looking good you know don't get me wrong it's a, like a medical decision like what they you know decide yeah. it's solely down to them but they ask for your input so to go from literally deciding what I was just to have to breakfast to then like fast forward an hour to be faced with this kind of question like you know what would your mum want to do like what you know what do you want to do what do you think is best and then it literally from that it was just a good probably month and a half of intensive care showing no signs whatsoever and then they decided that they were gonna turn the life support machine off they basically said there's nothing more that we can do about it and I remember being stood in this little tiny room with the doctor and um, the surgeon and the, the physio I think she was like having this kind of conversation and I just my immediate thought wasn't my mom it was my little sister like she was smack bang in the middle of a GCSEs and it was like is there any way that we can hold fire for like two three days just let her finish the last of her exams let's just get her over and done with but what had happened was I had they they were like yeah that okay we will do that obviously unique circumstances but I want the date and time of your sister's last exam but it turned out she actually had like three four days extra mm. um of exams so sent it over to them but what it actually was doing was it gave my mom an extra like four days yeah so they turned the life support machine off and she started breathing by herself wow so yeah i get goosebumps and stuff and i try not I, to get like choked up when i say it i because, got a bit of a tingle there not gonna lie yeah <laughs> it's if it weren't for my sister being in the middle of the exams and kind of me having that relationship with my sister the kind of parental figure if you like to be like yeah no we i need to protect her in this situation um but then yeah he gave her an extra four days then she she just went from kind of like strength to strength and you know god love her she's now in a neurological care home um learning how to like having like extensive rehab and um, losing like her like her hands again like using her voice again and she, she's doing phenomenal like she's doing like she has fought this every step of the way like you know she's had covid like she's the she had the jab at literally everyone else in the home that she's in had some kind of reaction to it. She's the only one who didn't like, she is a remarkable woman, but what was happening in this process, because I was constantly putting what was happening with my mom first, I was, I was still going to work. Like, I don't know why I was doing that. Now looking back, I was keeping my career going, you know, being there for my younger sister. Then it was, you know even like running a house like it yeah. is so much work constantly going on and I remember because it was around a year ago well a year ago and I think it was in February and mum was in hospital for aspirated pneumonia and we were in that little room again and they said to us she's not responding there is not it's not looking good and I don't know why but it felt like a weight had been lifted it was like I can't do this yeah. Again, I can't do it. And I remember leaving the room, walking down this corridor, and it was like every little bit of emotion that was kind of building up over the past like two, three years came out. And it was like, I've got nothing left now. Like I've got nothing to kind of give. Like, And it wasn't me kind of giving up, but it was more of a... It's breaking point though, wasn't it? Because yeah. I mean, for, for someone who's, you know, you're, you're kind of taking the weight of your mom and the decisions and monitoring her progress and being so, of course, emotionally invested in, in yeah. her, her care. And then also to try and look after your sister and, you know, make sure that she's doing okay and being her support because you're both going through it together. And as much as it's difficult for you, you can understand that it's going to be difficult for her. And yeah. Um, and then trying to, you know, just function on a daily basis as well. Functioning on a daily basis can be difficult at times for some people. And I mean, for <laughs> you true. to be trying to juggle um, first your own well-being, the well-being of your sister, and then trying to, you know, be an input into your mum's situation and, and trying yeah. to do the best that you can do in order to make sure that she's being looked after is, is a lot to take on. Um, 
and I, I, I don't, um, I don't think that you know you breaking down or you be kind of becoming uh, like just. I don't know. You can try and describe the feeling of of when you're walking down the corridor, but was it was it a release of emotion or was it a thing of I just there's actually I don't know how to even process this emotion that I'm feeling. Do you know what? I think it was a mixture of both. It we kind of got to a stage where it was good that the kind of like the emotion was coming out, but it was at a point where I just felt numb Hmm. and I had been struggling with my mental health and like it kind of ignoring little signs. Like, like even now, like when on my phone rings, I get very jumpy. Like, is it going to be bad news? And like, it happened three years ago and I'm still in that kind of state of mind. And, you know, in, in time it, it will get easier. Of course it will but I've got to want to be able to process what's actually happened first. And it's something that is still on a ongoing, Mm. you know, ongoing basis that is difficult. But what the only way I can kind of describe the feeling and it it just quite, it it does sound quite blunt, Mm. but at that precise moment, I didn't want to continue living my life the way it was being lived because it was just how many more times are we going to be in this situation? How many more times am I going to have to pick up the pieces? Cause you know, like I feel like every family has this or everyone has some kind of experience of this where when someone dies or when someone, you know, a celebrity dies or something like that, there's quite a lot of people that kind of come out of the woodworks to be like, I know this person, I know this person, I know this person. And it's doing wrong side of it. It's like kind of a support side of things. Like, you know, it was, it was good. It's nice to see that people care, but what was happening was quite a lot of the backlash and like quite a lot of the decisions that I was making didn't quite agree with other people. Mm. So I felt like my whole existence of kind of being there for my mom and my sister and doing what's right for them, even before what this happened was being attacked so I was in this really weird headspace of like not knowing who I am not knowing if my mom's going to live till the end of the day I've now got these thoughts that I I don't want to be here but then it's that kind of guilt of like well what's going to happen to my sister and it was actually her that pulled me out of that headspace and basically said like like enough's enough now like you need to accept some kind of help you can't do this on your own and it was between her and my best mate like I had a beer and it was just a case of like yeah okay I need some help now you see it was changed my life you see with the um the whole piece of really really stood out to me was the thing not wanting to live my life the way it was right then it wasn't the case that you wanted to die because no no one wants to die but it's getting to that point of breaking where this life that i'm living isn't worth living for and i think that realization in itself is a is a really strong and really powerful one not Mm -hmm. from a not from a point of like the the actual current situation or not from a point of the actual um the moment right then and there but it's more so with regards to the ability to try and make that or challenge the thought of death or suicide and moving saying that i can move from here to somewhere else and it doesn't have to be this way and of course it's going to be a long journey towards um self-improvement and improvement of your you know your the quality of your life because i think with regards to like the discussion of mental health one of the biggest correlations to that is the quality of your life and the events that are occurring in your life because obviously like mental health can be good and can be bad and i really do encourage the conversation to occur um but it's i like again it's, it's this whole thing of trying to normalize a conversation of mental health regardless of situation or circumstance and regardless of whether it's a catastrophe or whether it's a you know a really high yeah. uh, euphoric moment regardless of how too. big or little it is it still is going to affect your mental state mm. you know it's the same whether it's like a breakup whether it's someone's like you know and followed you on instagram like it yeah. all of these kind of things kick off like a feeling or an emotion mm. and and i feel like by having these kind of conversations it does normalize that yeah okay that was a bit rude that's annoyed me 
but it's okay that it's kind of kicking up this emotion. Like we're all human and it doesn't matter like what walk of life you are from or how much money you've got in the bank. You know, we're all feeling these same things and don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I can stand here now, like a year on, like in a much better place and, you know, really shout and scream about it because it, you know, it, it very did nearly, you know, make me do something that I know for a fact now I would have regretted. Mm but you are going to want, you're going to have to want to get better. You know, it's not, it's the same as like going to the gym. Like if you want to get like stronger, you want to like build more muscle, you're going to have to put in the hours. And it does sound like I'm being quite harsh, but I didn't realize that how much work goes into kind of looking after yourself. Mm. And it was that kind of turning point with me that was like, okay, well, no, I am worth it. Like, you know, this, I've got a life as well and I need to kind of figure out like what makes me happy. I need to like look after myself because if I was to go like under, if I was to like crumble, where would that leave everyone else? See with the, um, that, that thing there, what really stands out to me, you know, so this is going to sound quite trivial and it's, um, a very, <laughs> very different situation, but you know, when you're on a plane and, and they say, if the plane was to crash, you're to put on your own life jacket first. And then if you have a kid, you look after the kid second. I think that's so, so important because obviously if other people are dependent on you or if other people are looking for you to be a guardian or or be an assistance or be a support, you you need to have, make sure that you have a a glass that is some, that you can, that you can pour from, because if your glass is empty, there's going to be nothing to give. So I think that, that realization was probably a really, really important and significant time in your life where you, have gone on to this journey but I think so when you're talking about like the like the situation that you were facing and the thoughts that were coming into your head do you think it was it was literally okay well this is breaking point and I do need to talk about it and was it the talking that was was the first step or what do you think was kind of a help along that along that journey sure that's actually a brilliant question um I think I'd definitely say that t- talking was the biggest kind of outlet that I had um but I think it was just the realization that like you've got a life as well like you you know you deserve all this kind of time and effort that you're kind of giving to everyone else um but it was just a case of like I don't know what else to do because I was so used to doing things for everyone else I didn't know what made me happy I didn't know like how to look after myself you know whether it's mentally physically but when I did start to open up and have that kind of conversation the first proper conversation I ever had about it all was to my auntie and then I went down to she's got like a like a holiday home down near the new forest and I went there for a few days just to kind of clear my head and just just to sit and do nothing because I was so going detox from detox from the world. It was, it's exactly that. So I was literally, I was checking my phone like an hour a day. That was all I was giving myself Mm. because I'd literally been nonstop for the past like three years. So to actually do nothing, one, I felt really guilty because I wasn't doing anything, but two, it was probably the thing that saved my life. And that's when it was like, okay, I need to, I think I need some kind of professional help here. I need someone to kind of, kind of unlock these boxes for me and kind of give me these kind of tools and coping mechanisms that were going to help me to get better. Yeah. So I, I was very, very lucky in a sense that I had that support network, but there's also, obviously you mentioned a few at the beginning when, when we started this conversation, but there are so many different platforms like mine, you know, the Samaritans that out there, that if you are struggling, if you are in that vulnerable place, pick up the phone because there is always someone ready to answer. Definitely. And I think um, it can be a fear of, of, of what, like what the conversation will be like and a fear of, um, you know, when you're in a headspace of, 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 of sadness or depression and, and you're kind of saying well I don't want to be a burden I don't want to um I don't I don't know what way the other person will react and I think this is a, a discussion point that is is definitely a really important one of well first of all if you're feeling that particular way 
make sure that you're you you're prioritizing yourself and don't be worrying about what other people might not be able to like or what their reaction might be and then secondly yeah. even for people who who are on the receiving end of, of kind of a discussion around mental health it's not the case like for the most part it's you, you don't need to have an answer you don't need to be able to tell them what they need to do to get better it's just there to listen because i think when you're in that position or if someone is in that position you're not being heard or you're not even listening to yourself for so long and you're not yeah. even listening to how you're feeling yourself and for someone else then to listen and even simply acknowledge the feelings that you that you have yeah. is such a but that's what it was because it was constantly like um like oh how are you doing and then we do that typical thing, but yeah yeah i'm sound thanks thanks for asking but then for such a huge period of time it was like How's your mom? And don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from my mom. Like she's been through the absolute mill. But the impact it had on me and my sister, I don't think people quite took that into consideration because we are quite independent people. We're very private people. Um, so this is why even now, don't get me wrong, like three years down the line, don't get me wrong, obviously I've, I started the podcast because of it, but to even talk about it still now is still quite raw. Mm. So it's quite weird to someone to then say like, Oh, how did you find it? Like, how are you? And it's because you kind of go back to that automatic like headspace of like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Like, you know, this happened to my mom. It didn't happen to me when Mm. truth be told, we, we took the brunt off, you know, the family fallout, the financial side of things, the mental side of things. And yeah, it's, it's quite difficult. I think still to have this kind of conversation. Well, I really, I appreciate you coming on and having it as well. And I think there's, there's so much um, truth behind it as well. Um, And it's something that needs to be normalized as well. But with regards to even, so we're, you were talking about the, because I think you've got a, a, a deep understanding of kind of, well, firstly yourself, you're definitely, you know, exploring that. And then even secondly, on the mental health side of things, look, I'll never claim to be a mental health expert or anything like that, but I'm definitely an advocate for raising the conversation. One of the big things is um, all of our habits, routines, our thought processes, our reactions and responses to different things that they are all things that are um, developed and cur- curated over time. Um, yeah. so for, for someone to go through, you know, 27 years in existence and for you to then say, well, I'm gotten to this point where I'm at breaking and I need to make a change that like that change is so, so difficult to make, especially if you're trying to do it on your own. That's why I really encourage people to, to reach out and seek help, yeah. but even on the point of seeking help to seek, seek help from some, like a counselor, a therapist, whoever it may be a professional, because, Obviously, it's really good to encourage the conversation amongst friends, but in order to actually try to do that, I don't know, a deep dive into, mm. you know, your, your makeup, your, was it NLP, neurological planning, or I don't know, whatever, yeah. I don't know what the actual <laughs> correct term for it is, but to actually do that, it, it is to seek help from, from someone who's got a, a, a deep understanding of it yeah. and when they have a deep understanding of it at least then they can guide you through the process like knowing what way to manage it as well it's because it's like this kind of stuff like they never prepare you for it no like i like we can't i kind of joke about it now like you know like in secondary school and you know like college and stuff like that like you learn about all these kind of trivial things that don't really mean anything anymore Whereas when it comes to like mental health or, you know, well-being and like looking after yourself, I mean, I think it's obviously getting better. Obviously, it's a long time since I've been in <laughs> in school. Yeah. But like when I was in that kind of in school or college, there was none of this kind of conversation of how to look after yourself. Like it was either, you know, it was just education, education, education. And I think this is why now especially when I'm having these kind of conversations with people like yourself, like even like my sister, like I have learned so much from my sister and from my own mental health and how to kind of not react to things and how to process things. And she's, she's 11 years younger than me. So it's, 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 it's insane the impact this has. And and this is quite why I get so passionate about it because the younger generation are really going to change the whole outcome of this 
Well, it's really is. It, it is a, it's a generational thing, though, isn't it? Because even if you look back and particularly amongst men, men were, um, you know, they're sent out to work. They do their job. They come home. They put the food mm-hmm. on the table. Well, they put yeah. the, the money on the table so that food could be purchased. And um, it was a case of, you know, you shut up and you get on with it. And yeah, that's been slowly but surely changing. But I think maybe a byproduct of that change has been people who have been caught in the middle. And so, well, their you know their guardian or their dad or whoever has brought them up wasn't able to express their emotion and that then transpired into the 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 child or whoever they are me whatever not me but um do you know what's really weird mate and i think this has just clicked whilst i'm having this conversation on what you've just said right i was raised by women like my mom must like obviously i wasn't raised by my sister but like my obviously my sister my nan my auntie it was the male influences, like my mum's brothers and stuff, that because I kind of looked up to them because they were like, you know, like lads, you know, the you know, the work in like the building and that kind of like industry. In, yeah, industry. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'm 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 like that. Yeah, I can, you know, puff out my chest a little bit. I can I can do all this. And it's really interesting because I've never looked at it from that point of view. Because obviously they don't really know any different. But if I'd kind of followed, because obviously women are more emotionally mature than, yes, than us. Like, I'll argue with anyone who says that they're not, to be fair. But (laughs) yeah, I've just realized that whilst you've just said that, Mm. because I feel like that was a real kind of driving force of like, okay, bottle everything up. Don't get me wrong, obviously I'm a male myself, so I was going to, there was going to be an element of that anyway. But it's really interesting because that's something that I've actually struggled with and thought like, well, why am I really like pouring my heart out here, but they're not? And then it kind of like, well, okay, well, they're stronger than me, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, well, now, even the, that's mad. Even I think, thank we're, you. We're, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's trying to, um, turn stones and and reveal like different things and find different yeah. things about yourself and even about the world and everything else. But um, even with regards to the thing about oh, you, they're they're stronger than me and it, strength is like is something you can look at it two ways. Yes, they're strong because they're carrying this thing with them and they're not expressing it and getting it off their chest. And it does require a lot of resilience in order to carry something like that and 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 not express it and bottle it up. Yeah. But also it takes a lot of strength to own how you're feeling and and have the the courage. And I, I don't even like saying courage because we're, I'm trying to get things to the place where it, it's not courage talking about something. It's just fucking normal. It's just something that you yeah. do. But it takes a lot of strength to actually express yourself too. And I think with, with expression and with talking about how you feel, there can, be, there can be a fear factor of, well, what will the other person say to it? And I yeah. think that that's strength in itself. And hopefully well i think actually the way that the world is going the the, the modern man is very different to you know the man of man of older oh past. definitely it definitely doesn't really exist anymore and, and if it does of, they're lying <laughs> kind of redefining what what it is to to be a man and even that whole thing of strength because i actually think talking about something it requires a lot of strength too so yeah um i think a pat on the back for yourself with regards to that you know <laughs> oh thank you it like i wasn't expecting this conversation to like i mean don't get me wrong i like I, i'm a huge fan of what you do anyway but like even when we did the live and stuff obviously it pulls like different emotions and stuff out but i can't tell you that how much like i needed to have this conversation today even like that last little bit like that's something that i've actually been beating myself up for about probably about a good two years mm. and so to hear it like saying it out loud and kind of getting like a different like perspective on it is really really powerful so yeah well i'm, I'm glad yeah. i can have try I'm, not I'm, to get emotional this is yeah this is it's friday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get that we get that song you know that it's friday then um, exactly. and you lift, go. lift people's <laughs> moods but um i think um that is the beauty of having these kinds of conversations and i think um 
it kind of it goes to show where we're getting in the world as well that like two lads can come on and look at me yeah. i know i said I've, I've spoke to you previously but i think it's been it's one one or two kind of short conversations and, and an instagram live so <laughs> by no means are we are we uh you know best mates but look however who knows uh what way things what? Can go <laughs> what way things can go look, maybe at some stage um but um like it is it's kind of um for, for two blokes to be able to come on and actually share a conversation like this and not only with each other but with the with the world because with a podcast yeah. you don't know who's going to be listening as well and i do think and that's one of one of the the, the aims of the podcast is to encourage other people to engage in conversations like this um, and understand that it doesn't need to be a big taboo topic and something that is put on a pedestal and say oh fuck well if i talk about <laughs> that then this is going to happen and it's a lot of it's like it's like anything when you know you're trying to learn a, learn how to ride a bike. Like, I mean, you're going to fall off a few times and you're going to find it difficult. But the more and more you do it, the more normal it can become and the more yeah. w- with ease that you can do it. And I know I said about resilience earlier on, and I think being resilient is a, is a good personality trait to have in whatever it is that you do, because obviously there's going to be pressures and tribulations that come from external factors and to be yeah. able to remain resilient and look after yourself is important, but also trying to practice a sense of pre-resilience. Now, this is a word that I heard before. I don't actually think it actually is a word, but to practice pre-resilience. Trade market. Hmm? I was having a conversation <laughs> with I was having a conversation with someone about this before. We're living in a world where we own nothing really. It's all it's all borrowed. Um, but I'd encourage people to 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 use the word. You don't need to give you credit either. But basically, kind of what would the, the the meaning behind it would be? You know, let's not let's not wait until something builds up to be this big thing where it, it's on our back and we're we're struggling to carry it because. I think, I don't know if you've seen, I did a TikTok video a good while ago, but it was basically, if, you, if I was to hold out like a bottle of water from like out to the side, it's going to it's gonna be light to start with, but the longer you hold on to it, the heavier that's going to feel. It's not going to get any heavier, yeah. but you're going to struggle because you're holding on to it for longer and then just get it off your chest and just get it out there because um, you'd be surprised at the, the positive impact that it can have. Yeah. Someone so, um, said this to me actually, like fairly early on, and one like one of my guests said it, and she described it as holding like a hot coal, like a hot piece of coal. Yeah. Like the longer you hold that in your hand, the more it's going to burn and the mm. more damage it's going to cause. So just let it go. Put it down. Obviously, it's still going to hurt, but you're going to feel so much better once you put it down. Yeah. Or add to that quote, and it's um sometimes it's hard to let go, but it's sometimes it's even harder to hold on. And um, it's you've it, articulated so much better than me. <laughs> no, no, but like I mean, you're, you're, it probably wasn't even a cold. <laughs> your your point your point was so valid, and it's the thing that brought up that that kind of thought process in my head. So, um, but it, basically the image was like it was someone holding onto a rope, and this can be applied to like a fucking relationship or whatever it is. But you're holding onto that rope, and you're it's being pulled away from you. It's causing your hand to like fuck. I don't know. Get get burned or whatever burn. rope burn. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like holding on to that you might not want to let go because you're like this is so precious and important to me and it's i'm afraid of what will happen if i let go but sometimes it's important to just let go and it will relinquish a lot of angst and and pain that you might be experiencing could not have put it better myself <laughs> uh thanks very much i appreciate that but um so like with regards to moving forward and 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 life and and how you're getting on now because i think so one of the really important discussion points was that you know you went through a really difficult time and a difficult stage in your life and you you went through um something that i hope other people don't have to go through and it was difficult experience for yourself but i think the the great thing about it is the fact that there's a there's a positive story that comes out of it and of course there was a lot of like a lot of trauma and difficulty and 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 strenuous situations that you faced but to come out of it the other side now and and look by no means is anyone perfect i'm sure there's still things that get on your nerves and i'm sure there's still, <laughs> still days where you have down days but like the, just to show people that there's hope um from from any situation that you find yourself in and i think for yourself you're at a point now where you can look forward and yes, there's still work to do, but you know that you can, you can move forward with it. Isn't, would that be a good synopsis? I think, 
Yeah, definitely. And I think this is why I can kind of say, and don't get me wrong, like when I kind of talk about this part of kind of like my journey flight, I do get quite giddy because I'm still processing of just how the hell this has actually happened. But obviously went through all the kind of the trauma, started having therapy sessions, but then the pandemic hit. So everything like that had to come to a stop. I wasn't able to go and see my, like my therapist. And it was either rather than go back down that road of kind of questioning things, you know, run that risk of going backwards, which is why I started the podcast because it was a creative outlet for me. So, you know, I never ever expected anything from it, but from that first episode I put out when it was the first time, although a lot of my friends and family knew what had happened, no one had really known the impact that it actually had. And then once I kind of opened up and put it out there for everyone to hear, the support I got back was insane. It was like, I had no idea this was going on. Believe me, like you're never on your own. If you're ever struggling with this, this and this, we're always here. And it was like, wow, this is actually really overwhelming because I never allowed myself to see the support that was there because I was so determined to keep it all to myself. Like, no, this is my situation. But this is what I mean, like opening up and kind of starting that conversation. It saves lives. Mm. And to now kind of go through the journey that I have with the podcast even the confidence it's given me like it's changed my life it's made me be able to connect with so many like-minded people like I've made friends from all different sides of the world like I've now got a job but my career's changed because of this like so, so if this isn't proof of getting out of your comfort zone trusting yourself and kind of giving yourself that time and to follow your passions the fact that I went through that situation and to be at rock bottom to then thinking you know reach out to people see if they want to come on and have a waffle with me I've gone from recording in my bedroom to now having an office just off Wall Street in New York City mm. so you could so no one can sit here and tell me that opening up and like you know the feeling of being a burden because I want my story to encourage other people I mean don't get me wrong it's a lot of hard work has gone into I mean you know how many hours goes into a podcast you know yeah. it's not just about the recording it's the editing it's all the behind the scenes stuff but following your passion and following something like for the first time in my life I found like this is what I was put here to do this is my my purpose now and I want that to be the message from all this kind of pain, the trauma, like, you know, I still struggle with like my anxiety on a daily, almost hourly basis. I've got PTSD, you know, from all, I, can't, I haven't really set foot in a hospital for, well, obviously because of the pandemic, but I get very on edge, but you, it doesn't define who you are. You can still achieve some phenomenal things like regardless of your mental challenge. Yeah, yeah, of course. Can I interrupt with a quote? Because uh, I know uh, people who are playing this drinking game are probably saying, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but you're, They're paralytic, mate, by now. They're on the it's, floor. <laughs> it's your, um, your, your past doesn't define you. Your future is not yet defined. And your present is all that you truly have. So, like, I mean, it, it's kind of about taking it one step at a time. And, okay, your future isn't predefined. And I think that's a, yeah. that's a liberating thing because you know, you're, you're, you will decide what destination it is that you want to get to. And it's going to be determined based on the actions that you take today. And that will influence tomorrow and everything else. So yeah, the, the journey of, um, of, uh, moving forward and, and finding a passion. And I think it's, it's a positive. So I describe passions and things. It's a positive outlet and everyone needs positive outlets yeah. in their lives. And I think, you know, unfortunately, not everyone is going to be able to do um, their dream job for a living. And I think it, I was chatting with one of the other lads about this and entrepreneurship has become sexy and glorified online and, and owning your own business. And unfortunately, not everyone's yeah. going to be able to do that. And I'm guilty of it sometimes as well about trying to promote people and push people to, to you know, grind and, and do the work and, and all this. But like a passion and a hobby and a positive outlet can, can be as simple as fucking going for a walk with your dog, isn't it? 
and yeah. and like even little things like that little outlets within your day that take you away from the the busy 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 go 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 and and the stresses and and, and everything else that comes with life they are a relief and they're a, a mechanism for um expression self-expression and and um yeah. just to immerse in yourself involving yourself with something that that you, you love to do isn't it um but it is and i think you you meant you touched upon like you, you said like the t word and this for me now is something that is really important and it, it is time if there is anything that this pandemic has taught us is that the importance of time doesn't matter like how you spend it like as long as you're doing it and filling it with something that means something to you that gets you through your day no one can tell you that it's the wrong thing to do like I didn't find my like passion until I turned 30 mm. and you know that a lot of my friends are like married with kids and you know I used to think I was like the weird one because I don't have those things yet and it wasn't until the pandemic hit and I've took a step back and I've just watched just how miserable all these people are with their children and in those relationships <laughs> that I was like oh okay maybe I don't want those things yet you know I've still got all this work that I need to do on myself first before I get to that point I mean don't get me wrong I'm not knocking if that's what people want to do but we're in this generation of like look what car I have I was this age when I bought this house and there was a thing that I saw and I don't even know how true it is but it was like Oprah didn't get her first TV show till she was 30. Like, yeah. there was something like about Walt Disney not being a, a millionaire until like getting to a certain age or there was other people there. It probably wasn't even Walt Disney. But it, it's but that it, whole it, thing of, it's that whole thing of comparison and competition, isn't it? And look, yeah. we, we, and what is comparison? It's a killer of joy. Um, yes. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a really, really important one to get out there, though, isn't it? But I mean, look, we'll all fall guilty of comparing our lives to others. And I, I'm not trying to say that that people shouldn't or that they can't. And yeah, OK, sometimes it can be a detriment, but sometimes it's actually kind of a nice a checkpoint and kind of a well, like it might be a kick up the arse or it might be a comfort as well. Mm -hmm. And um, like I was chatting about this. I did a quarter life crisis um, podcast, <laughs> um, which was released this week. Um, well, whenever this gets released, I don't know, but it was released anyway. Um, <laughs> and it, it was kind of that whole thing of, yeah, well, I'm this age now. I need to have everything figured out. Um, based on my age, I'm expected to have done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it was basically to try and say to people, like life has no timeline and you're on time for, for your life. And yeah, just because someone else has it done, doesn't mean that you have to. And it's it's kind of a societal trap that that people fall into and it can make us rush decisions and, and go into things for the wrong well when i say the wrong reasons i don't mean the wrong reason there is not there's not for me to to say what is the right and wrong reason for something but it, it can leave people making decisions or, or doing things that they think they should do but only doing it because yeah. of an external thing rather than what's actually best for them mate it literally exactly that and you know, I used to think there was something right wrong with me because I wasn't in that position or I didn't have that. But, you know, it's took me to get to this point to realize, well, actually, yeah, I do want those things. But I've got so much that I want to, like, live, like, experience. Like, in a weird way, like, I feel like I've lived my life backwards compared to everyone else. Because obviously at a young age, like, I was the man of the house, like, I ran the house, I was kind of the main kind of financial earner, you know, for the family home. And then when all this stuff happened, like with my mom, it was like, oh, okay, now I am the parental figure. So, you know, I had the house, you know, the, the care of like my younger sister, even making these kind of decisions, even like financial decisions, like for my mom. So now, and this is what the, I'm very grateful of the pandemic for, because it's allowed me to kind of process all that. But now I'm in a situation where okay, yeah, I used to think like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably having some kind of midlife crisis, but it's not. It's just for the first time in my life, like I realize what makes me happy, what I want to do, what my goals are. And I feel for the first time ever, I feel free. I feel happy because I'm allowing myself to do the things that I want to do. The things that like, I'm fulfilling like my day with stuff that 
makes me happy and don't get me wrong I'm very fortunate to be in the position and to get paid to do what I do I know a lot of people aren't in that position but you don't live to work you work to live yeah yeah we got it and um, I, I get what you mean I get what you mean and it's basically there's more to life than than earning a paycheck Um, on that point of the uh, whole thing of oh yeah I was going to talk about the happiness thing and and, and finding fulfillment and I think uh, I, I was reading a book so it's reminded me of it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and at the top of the the top of the pyramid is the thing of self-actualization and now I mean look that's such a far-fetched thing and people can say look just fucking where'd you pull that out of your ass from but <laughs> like I, I do I do think it's, it's a really important thing for people to acknowledge and expose themselves to is that whole thing of like finding what it is that you were put here to do yeah. and that doesn't have to be a job I already spoke earlier on in kind of full circle of your job doesn't define who you are and it's important to know like what your identity is regardless of a, of a job or a position yeah um but it was it was about happiness and like it's basically making the decision that happiness happiness is now and it's not when you get a certain amount of money in the bank it's not when you get a job or it's not when you get a house or it's not when you get a kid or whatever else it's just it's actually just making a conscious decision to be grateful for the things that you have in life and yeah okay you're not going to be happy all the time but i mean if you can no have one that is. no mm-hmm. one's happy all the time no they can't it, it, it's unattainable it's not possible we um i was chatting before and it's basically if, if you don't if you don't have black then you won't be able to determine what white is and it's about having those two ex- uh, what's the ends of the spectrum and yeah. being able to deal with floating from one to the other and trying to find that that balance between the two of um inner peace is why i always describe it as but you're not always going to have inner peace <laughs> you get pissed off um <laughs> But I think, but it's true, but I think we don't give ourselves enough credit or enough time to try and find these things. Like I didn't realize the power of like being bored, like mm. the power of boredom. And, you know, everyone kind of feels it like when they sit around and say like, I'm bored or like, I've got nothing to do. That's a good thing. Sometimes it's a real good thing because you've got time here to either fill it with like some kind of meditation, write stuff down, find something, think about, plan a trip. You know, we're in a situation now where things are slowly, well, <laughs> over yeah, here. No, they are. Sorry. We're slowly yeah, getting sorry. better. We're slowly yeah, getting they're getting better. there. But, you know, this whole kind of like, oh, I'm bored. It's like, well, find something that, for, like, you know, give yourself a chance. It's like, if you are bored, allow yourself to be bored. If you're angry, allow yourself to be angry like you don't give yourself a hard time when like you're happy and you join enjoying yourself so we really should not be doing it if we are feeling sad you know a little bit down like it's just this whole kind of like toxic positivity yeah, around it all like we have to be happy all the time you can't be happy all the time it's the whole thing of like well if you have a feeling you acknowledge it and actually in order to move past it and or in order to to actually um sit sit with it and actually embrace the feeling you do need to accept it that it that it has occurred and i think one of the really strong fundamental parts of um allowing yourself to to move forward from that is understanding the reason why because we obviously anything that happens to us there's a reason there's a reason or any feeling that we have there's a reason why we we have it and in in terms of allowing yourself to become more self-aware self-awareness is probably something that should be taught in schools and unfortunately it's not something that you figure out along the way but that piece of self-awareness will, will um, serve you so well in life. And in order to become self-aware, it's important to ask yourself why you're feeling a certain way rather than running yeah. from the feeling. Um, and if you kind of, again, I, I kind of say this and it's easier said than done, but if you're always running from problems and issues that you're experiencing, you're eventually going to get really tired and it's going to catch up with you. And it's better to, it's better to, to address it when you're like fit or when you're, you're, you're not, bollocks from running for so long that um you you just allow it in in the moment rather than running from it and you don't want to let it catch up with you when you're you're not ready backwards analogy but it works mate and it makes sense i'm here for it yeah um so i'm kind of conscious of time i know it's friday and uh you're probably 
looking to um, live life and enjoy yourself uh, for the weekend after kind of uh, a week's work. But one, two of the questions that I always ask people when I'm finishing up a podcast is um, changes that, so th- this year, habits and routines flipped upside down, a lot of changes that we've been forced to make. But is there any of those changes that you would choose to keep? Taking time out and allowing myself to be bored because for someone who was on the go constantly and kind of always trying to fill my time with doing something or feeling the need that I needed to be there for so many other people, I wasn't giving myself a chance. So I felt, and there's been situations even this week being my first kind of trip to the pub, I had to remove myself from the situation because I didn't quite, it made me feel like a little bit uncomfortable. So it's allowing myself that kind of space to, and that kind of freedom to like, okay, this isn't quite fulfilling what I need it to do, or it's making me feel a certain way. Allow myself to feel the, allow myself the feeling and taking that step back. Cause it is a, it's a form of self care and it's something that I never ever did before, but that that's sticking with me now till the day I die. Well, def- definitely, and I think like something it, it's it's somewhat related, but it's definitely not like um, a direct um, a direct match. But it's a whole, the whole thing of um, being seen to be lazy. So you know, a lot of time people are made to be feel yes. made, being made to feel bad for being lazy, or you know, you're such a lazy git. Like, would you ever get up and do something? And you know, well, first and foremost, I think someone can be lazy because simply the things that are around them aren't things that they're overly interested in or that they want to do. So yeah. self-aware, or that's, a, that's a form of self-awareness in itself to acknowledge the fact that, well, actually, it, it, I may be, appear to be lazy, but the whole reason that I'm, I'm appearing lazy is because I'm not really arsed with what it is that's in front of me. It's, um, it's, if it's not kind of driving you or, you know, and I say this, this is going to sound quite cutthroat, but it's quite relevant to the question and kind of the why I answered it with what I did, but it comes down to like your surroundings and the people you're surrounded with. Like I'm at a stage now where I've connected with so many like-minded, like passionate people that I've never met for, mm. you know, the podcast, even like having this conversation now, whereas I've kind of clinged on to like relationships and like friendships and stuff purely for nostalgic reasons. And to be fair, like now I'm saying out loud, it goes back to your like rope analogy. The longer I'm holding onto it, the more it's going to hurt. But it's that case of like, well, actually this isn't quite fulfilling what I need it to do. Like it's not something that's kind of driving me forward. And if it's having a negative effect, we kind of need to normalize this whole sense of taking a step back there is nothing wrong with not speaking to someone if you don't agree with what it doesn't mean like you have to like block them delete them not be their friend but there is nothing wrong in taking that step back if it's having a negative effect on your mental your physical your well-being whatever it might be you know we, we are here once and if you're spending it with the wrong people who aren't encouraging you to be the best version of yourself I honestly cannot stress how important it is. Like reevaluate your circle. Yeah. Cause I they're probably, it, they're probably still going to be doing the same things in two, three years time. Even as we get older, like the circle circle gets smaller and it, it, that's for a reason. And I think even like, like what you say, and I'm going to like reinforce that point of moving on from people who uh, aren't, aren't right for you anymore. And it's not to say that they weren't right for you in the past. It's just that people grow, develop and and mature at different rates and stages. And like, you're not going to, like, I wouldn't say that you have to be the same person as you were a year ago. So for you then to say that I'm not going to be friends with the person that you were friends with from a year ago, it's, it's, it's valid. It's relevant because you are two different people now to what you were in the past. And a quote, uh, two quotes, um, well, one of them is, is more of a, a question, but it's, you, would you water a dead plant? You wouldn't. So why are you giving all this like nourishment to these relationships that are no longer um, in your life? And then the second one is if they can't grow with you, they can't go with you. And it's basically <laughs> helping you to move on from these things. But that's not to say that- I love that. I get like, and it's so weird that we're having this conversation. Sorry to like, but in there, but like, 
we're supposed to be having this conversation today because I've given myself like quite a bit of a hard time for Mm. feeling that way. So to have this kind of conversation, and this is how I know what I'm doing is the right thing is because like, I've never met you and you have that kind of like outlook and Mm. it just, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm not weird for feeling this way. Like this is normal. Definitely. And I I wouldn't like as well with with this whole thing of it, this isn't me being a dick and this isn't me being me saying like for, for you to move on from someone that you're condescending towards them and saying that yeah. I'm better than you or I'm, I'm. Oh yeah, no, definitely it's, not. It's just the whole thing. It's just the whole thing of a natural course of life that yeah. we were friends. We have slowly drifted apart and now it's time for you to go on your path and I'm going to go on mine. It's like you, you reach one of those, what's it called? A Y in the road or a T in the road. <laughs> one, you take the right, he takes the left um, and moving on. But um, speaking about moving on then as well, the last question that I always ask, and I ask this question because I hope to leave people who are listening with this question for themselves of what are you looking forward to? Because obviously things are starting to open up a little bit more now and we have so much to look forward to. So is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to? You know what? I'm looking forward to having an adventure. Like I've got this opportunity in New York that, you know, it's it's just opened so many doors for me. I've now in a position where I've booked to stay to work next year in Bali for a month. And it's like all these things that I'd never had before, whereas now like following my passion and my kind of trusting myself, I now have this new kind of outlook on life. But it sounds really kind of soppy, but one thing that I'm really looking forward to is just seeing my mom again and just giving yeah. her a hug because I haven't been able to see her properly for a, well, well over a year now. So, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't call that soppy at all. I'd, I'd call that being human and having an emotion <laughs> and, and missing someone dearly. And um, you shouldn't feel in any way guilty or, or um, soppy for feeling that way. So definitely. I think there, there is so much to look forward to. And I think, um, one of the things that stood out to me there from, from what you were saying you're looking forward to is the fact that everything that you have to look forward to now is as a result of all of the past efforts and investment of time, energy, um, mental capacity into all of these things. Uh, and I say that about even meeting up with your mom and, and giving her a hug and, and embracing her as well, because I think having gone through that difficulty, um, and of course it was so, so difficult at the time, and I'm sure it's still difficult at, at stages as well, but because of all that past investment of time, energy and everything else that went into it, it is why you can um, reap the rewards of, of that effort now. So I think, again, a, a pat on the back for yourself and um, a, piece <laughs> no, of self, you. a piece of self-praise. And what I would say about self-praise is self-praise is the best praise. When I was back in school, teachers used to say, well, self-praise is no praise, but um, I do think that self-praise is the best praise and you, you should give yourself a pat on the back and a well done and a congratulations for all of that work effort and Thank everything you. else that's gone in. It means a lot. And, you know, it's, it's led me to, you know, this is what I want the message of kind of like my story and like my journey to be that, you know, opening up, you know, and just kind of just being yourself can lead to these incredible things. Like if that hadn't have happened and I hadn't started opening up, I wouldn't be sat here now talking to you. And, you know, it's these kind of things that I want to reassure people that yes, shit happens. Like life is incredibly difficult, but it doesn't have to be, you don't have to make it harder. Like, you know, you've got so many opportunities, like you're so incredible and so much more than any mental challenge, any financial challenge, whatever it may be, you are worth so much more than it. And I just want it to be, a kind of a reminder of like it's a big wide world out there and you know the only kind of person that is limiting you from doing anything incredible is yourself so get out of your comfort zone and do whatever makes you happy because it can literally my mom is living proof that it could all kind of be taken away from you in literally a matter of hours so just enjoy the time that you have and make the most of it definitely i think it's it's personal accountability and ownership for your life isn't it and um, you mentioned about life being difficult and life being hard. It doesn't have to be that way all the time. And I also do think as well, e- even when things are going good, life is difficult. And I think it's about choosing yeah. your version of difficult because obviously 
even if we just talk about it from a financial standpoint, it's difficult to scrape to pay the bills every month. And it, that, that is t- tough and it's challenging. And I, I, like, I can respect and appreciate how hard that is for people. And I'm, I'm not trying to detract from everything that they're doing to keep themselves afloat. But yeah. it's also really difficult to be financially stable and, uh, I suppose, comfortable within your financial situation. So it's about choosing that difficult, choosing what is what you want to work for. We will struggle in life with everything. Well, with everything that we do, yeah. But it's about choosing what's worth struggling for, and then the whole piece of fulfillment and the end product of the struggle um, becomes a reward in itself, and it makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? You literally are just like a walking fortune cookie. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> um, well, look, anyone who's listening in, if you're still able to listen from all of the, if you if you played along with the drinking game, um, I'll, I'll let you um, <laughs> go get a bottle of water because you'll be hung yeah. over in the morning. Um, but um, I do think, or I do hope, from this conversation that a hangover isn't the only thing that you get if you played along with the drinking game. I do hope that there is a lot more to take away from this um, than that. And I, I think there is a lot and hopefully people can take inspiration from this. And I want to thank Taylor for coming on and sharing his experience and story. Really enjoyed the conversation. And um, if people did enjoy the conversation and listening at home, I uh, kindly ask you to give it a share on social media, partially for self praise and promotion, but also to um, expand the conversation because this that's one of the ethoses of this podcast is let's get talking, let's get sharing. And hopefully the ripple effect of this conversation will spread far and wide and like improve the lives of many people as corny and as cringy as that might sound. <laughs> but um, thanks very much again, Taylor. Um, uh, and- thank you for having me. It's been genuinely one of my favorites that I've been a guest on. So thank you for having me. Brilliant. I will, I will take that and uh, I'll take that and run with it. So anyone who's listening, I will love you and leave you and uh, be sure to tune in again next week for another podcast. Mm-hmm.